When you sign up for BP Me Rewards, you can get five cents off every gallon of gas every time at BP or Amico stations. That means more savings and more whatever you'd like to use your savings on. So treat yourself. It's on us. Visit bp.com slash save to learn more. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network. Broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we are still coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send us an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. Our website, exxonradiotv.com. And for all the shows that are available to you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. And, of course, we're coming to you around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Digital Satellite Network, Sirius Digitalite Satellite Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. Exonation, my guest of this hour is Trisha McCannon. She is a renowned American clairvoyant, historian, and teacher who has traveled the world in search of answers to the greatest mysteries of the ages. As a mystical symbologist and researcher, she, ha- she is an innate um, initiate of many ancient streams of knowledge. She is the author of 13 online books and 35 DVDs, as well as the acclaimed books Dialogues with Angels, Jesus, The Last 30 Years, and The Ancient Mystery Religions, Return of the Divine Sophia, and The Angelic Origins of the Soul, Discovering Your Divine Purpose. Do out later on, I believe it's in September, by our good friends at Inner Traditions. Her website is www.trishamccannonspeaks.com. And Trisha, welcome back to the X-Zone. 
Oh, Rob, it's such a pleasure to be with you and all of our listeners tonight. How are you? I'm doing great. Congratulations on another book. I can hardly wait to read it. And, you know, September's just around the corner. Yeah, it comes out the end of September, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm real excited about it. Um, they've actually, you know, all my books uh, have about 100 black and white illustrations because yeah. I really love those pictures. And uh, this one, they've given me a color folio of, of 16 color images, and I'm so excited because it's really you know, very much about who we are as a soul and our journey down here on Earth, which Mm -hmm. seems so confusing to so many of us, and finding our higher purpose. What was it that got you started on your quest, on on your voyage through life, helping so many people that you have? Well, I think like so many of us, um, you know, I Mm -hmm. grew up uh, in one of those great American dysfunctional families. And, of course, that isn't unique to just America. We've got dysfunctional families all over the world. Oh, you bet we do. And, you know, when you you see the suffering Mm -hmm. that uh, people go through, sometimes uh, self-inflicted and sometimes sort Mm -hmm. of because they're caught in an environment that they uh, don't have much control over, which is true for most children, who grow up in families, and of course the parents are playing out the the uh, patterns of their parents and so forth and so on. Uh, you know, then it makes you start asking those deep questions about, you know, why is there suffering, and you know, hey, you know, if why can't God intervene in this, and what's the nature of free will, and um, what's the purpose of life, and you know, it's it's. It, I think suffering. Uh, you have choices. Mm-hmm. It either makes you go deeper into yeah. yourself and really trying to make that connection with spirit to get those answers, or it turns you, you know, in, to where you become bitter or reactionary or angry or hurt. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was it was the first one, and so that really kind of set me on my path. You know, it seems in today's society, the established religious philosophies are starting to lose track followers are starting to lose faith because of the the quest that each of the followers is on and the inability of the religious philosophy to help answer those questions. You know, that's really actually a very good point. And I think mm-hmm. if we stand back from it historically, in the ancient world, it was always known that there was an exoteric or an outer path which which taught things like morality, like the Ten Commandments, you know, don't lie, cheat, steal, or kill, which, or, you know, take your neighbor's wife, which, of course, helps for a harmonious society and means that we're not producing karma and conflict. But then there was an esoteric uh, teaching, and the esoteric teaching was always about helping the student or the initiate to make that powerful inner connection with the divine, with God, for themselves. And I think what's happened... um, Christianity, which, of course, we all love Jesus. I mean, how can you not adore Issa or Jesus and the wisdom that he brought? You know, basically, forgiveness is the key. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The kingdom of heaven is within. These are powerful messages to live by. But, you know, whether it's the Jewish teachings or it's the Muslim teachings, each one of these paths, and if you go back further, of course, Buddha and the Shinto teachings, the Taoist teachings, the Vendatta teachings. Hey, speaking about, of, t- speaking about teachings, uh, Trisha, you and I have to take our commercial break so we can teach our listeners about our sponsors. Okay, well, Ex- we'll come right back and I'll finish Ex- my point. ExoNation, Trisha McCannon is our special guest, and we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. 
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Trisha McCannon is my special guest for this hour, Exxon Nation, and for the past two decades she has been a headliner at conferences around the world, speaking on a variety of subjects as diverse as angels and extraterrestrials, Atlantis, the divine feminine, the lost years of Jesus, the new earth, and the new quest for the philosopher's stone. And her website is speaks. And uh, Trish, before we went to the commercial break, we were talking about you know, why people are seeking the esoteric path compared to the old established religious philosophical path. Yeah, well, I think that that exoteric path or outer path, you know, is, is, it was always considered the first step. You know, you have to kind of start living a moral life and doing good to other people and all that. And then that prepares you to mm-hmm. kind of align yourself, if you will, with that higher self. And we all have a higher self, which even though we might not act like it down here because we seem to be such a confused society, uh, that higher self um, really, you know, is very wise. And this is one of the things that I wound up sharing in this new book that's coming out, The Angelic Origins of the Soul. It comes out in the beginning of October. And, and that is that um, in the esoteric or the inner teachings of these great spiritual traditions, they knew about the existence of something called the angelic twin. And the angelic twin is an incredible concept, and it's basically that each of us um, have the bigger portion of us that resides in heaven. In other words, it's already there, and that it extends a portion of itself out, mm-hmm. uh, 20%, 30%, 40%, to take these incarnations in the physical world, like to come down to earth. And, of course, we come down here, and most of us have amnesia. It's like we come down with one hand tied behind our back and our memories wiped, and we can't remember who we are. Um, Although there certainly are young children 
you'll see three, four, five, six, seven before the cognitive mind really kicks in and they start going to school and being conditioned to fit into the new life. That we'll talk about past lives. We'll right. talk about you know invisible helpers. They'll talk about spirit guides or or you know the grandpa that died three years before. So they have much more access into the inner worlds when they're young. But then, you know, their parents are like, hey, don't talk about that stuff. Go to school and fit in. And then, of course, they wind up closing those inner, those inner senses. And so, you know, part of what I think is happening, Rob, that you're talking about is that people are going, look, you know, it's a shallow. When I go to church or whatever, even though it's nice to have spiritual community, they're only giving me so much. And what they're giving me helps me some, but I want to go deeper. I want to go to a deeper place of connection with the divine or with my higher self or with my guides or with God. And I need a deeper sense of purpose in my life Mm -hmm. and and direction. And I I think that's critical. I think that's really an important thing that we're not just floating on the surface in a superficial way. And especially when we look around and we see the things that are happening with the environment, with the animals, with the, the, the forest and the plants, with the GMOs, with some of the crazy decisions that some of our political leaders, including, you know, I'm, I'm from America and I love America, but, you know, I think that Donald Trump is a challenging individual to have as the president of the United States because he's basically a pathological liar and a narcissist. <laughs> and, I mean, I hate to say that. But, uh, but I think tell, when but he becomes a pastor, in about 10 million years, he's going to be fabulous. Yeah, but, I mean, t- but tell, me, t- tell me, Trisha, what do you really think about your president? Like, yeah, well, I know. It's, it's true, Rob. Well, you know, really, he's a strong soul. I think yeah. he's a good person. I don't think he's an evil person at all. But I think that he had an abusive dad, and so he has victim wounding patterns. And instead of becoming the victim, he became, you know, he identified with winning and being the, the kind of the persecutor or the tyrant. And so it's very hard for him to be self-reflective. And the only way we learn it from our mistakes mm-hmm. is to become self-reflective True. and to be humble enough to go, you know, for all I know, I don't know it all. For all the good I do, I can make mistakes. And so self-reflection is actually a, a symptom of, of spiritual strength. And that's how we learn. And, you know, I'm always rooting for him because I do think that he there's a lot of things that are good about him, but... I just think that you have to be honest with yourself and you have to be honest with other people. And if you're in denial and, you know, always telling the big lie, hoping that if you tell it long enough, everyone sure. will believe it. Well, let's, let's, talk, about, let's talk about your book, you know, The okay. Re- okay. Return Sorry. of the Divine Soul. Gone off on poor Donald yeah, Trump. Yeah, you yes. were. Go, us, go on. <laughs> all right, so tell us about your uh, Return of the Divine Sophia. Well, as you know, that book came out about a year and a half ago, and, you know, like the Jesus book, um, there are study groups actually all over uh, the world that are studying those books, because, um, as you know, I'm a very intense historian and researcher, and each of those books has about, gosh, I think the Jesus book has 1,200 footnotes and 100 pages of back matter, and the Sophia book isn't far behind. Um, The Return of the Divine Sophia is a book about my journey of discovery that for tens of thousands of years, God was considered to be the Divine Mother. 
And that is because people could look around in nature and they see they saw that the only being that ever gave birth, whether it was an animal or a human, was the feminine. And so by logic, who would have birthed the universe would have been the divine mother. You know, men don't give birth. They contribute, but they're not the major birth givers. But so without as long a man, as but that without idea a, but, was held, there was but, no war on this planet. You know, but without a man, there would be no birth. That's absolutely true. And no. so in time, what happened is it became the divine mother and father, which is wonderful because there, of course, is an aspect of the divine that expresses beautifully through the divine male and beautifully through the divine female. And then it became the divine father, mother, daughter, and son. Mm-hmm. In other words, the aspects of the mother and father that periodically incarnate in human form and come down to help humanity. And as long as that was held, things were good. But then what happened is the, 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 basically the patriarchy rose up and got rid of the son, the daughter, and the mother. And so we then wound up with very warlike, competitive societies. And then eventually we got the son back with Christianity. And we sort of got some mother back with the Divine Mother Mary. But we lost the daughter altogether. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, this is one of the reasons I think why we have had a very uneven or imbalanced society is because it's just like the two hemispheres of the brain. You need yeah, the but whole what do, brain what do you mean, to what do you mean have the, a balanced life. What do, what do you mean about the imbalanced society? Explain that to me. Because I don't see society so imbalanced. Well, I think it's getting better and better in many, many ways. Mm-hmm. In other words, I think people are becoming more educated, more aware, more enlightened, and, and, and information is certainly helping mm-hmm. the kinds of shows that you do helps. But when I, what I mean is that uh, women about 2,000 years ago or 2,500 years ago, they uh, became property of men. Oh, I don't think so. I, I disagree with you there. You know, when you, when you look back in history, Cleopatra, she wasn't the property of any man. You look back at, at the uh, French queens, in, uh, I'm sorry, the, in the uh, British queens, Queen Elizabeth, Queen Victoria, they weren't property of any man. You're and you, absolutely right. And, and you know, throughout the rest of history, it's the same way. There are definitely exceptions, Rob. But, like, women did not get the right to vote in America till 1922. Yeah. And, and, and it was a really only in the last hundred years that, that women have been allowed to, uh, to vote. And I think the last country was like 1975, and that was, um, I can't remember if it was Sweden or one of those, but um, I actually kind of go through that in my yeah, book. I can, I can understand that, and I, I don't want to turn this, this, this interview into a, a platform for women's rights. No, this, this is, this is, this an is inf- not really about, you know, women uh, being, you know, blaming everything on men. So I think it's really important to say that there are wonderful, enlightened, uh, supportive, aware men in the world, just like there are women. And there are damaged, wounded men and women in the world. We've all inherited these aspects of culture that are, I think, you know, out of balance. And, okay, I mean okay. Balance, all right, all right. I agree with you. All right. But yeah. once again, I don't want to dwell on this fact. Okay, okay. No problem. Well, in, in the Sophia book, uh, it, that book is about the discovery mm-hmm. of this hidden chapter in human history that uh, brings us, of course, through, you know, to discover some of the hidden teachings of Jesus, where he talked openly about the divine Abba, 
Father, mm-hmm. Amma, Mother, mm-hmm. God, which, of course, was changed by the correctorites in the Catholic Church to uh, only be the Father God instead of the Abba Amma, Father, Mother. And also he talked openly about the Divine Daughter and Son. Well, based on, based on Catholicism, isn't Mary the Mother of God since Jesus was the human incarnate of God? You know, I just love how you put it, but I will tell you that the Catholic Church very clearly says, I have actually a book about Mary's 250 mm-hmm. apparitions all over the world, yeah. and in the forward they make a very clear point of saying there's nothing divine about Mary. She was just a human woman. She just lent her womb and her uterus for whoa, the whoa, Son whoa. of God to be uh, born. All right. Have you ever gone to a Catholic church and sat through a Catholic Mass? I have. And, and so and how can you I say have. that? In fact, I was raised Episcopalian, which is kind of like Catholic light. And many Catholics honor the Divine Mother with mm-hmm. great reverence, and sure. I, I love that they do. Are you, were you raised Catholic? No, I wasn't raised Catholic, but in my studies, excuse me, I've got a summer cold, but throughout my studies in theology, I learned about Catholicism. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, you know, if, then you would probably really, really enjoy reading my book. And if you want, I can ask my, um, my publisher to send you a copy because I think you'd really enjoy it. I did a lot of serious research with it and really tried to document, you know, everything. And I, I actually think we're more on the same page than you might think that we are. Well, it's uh, not what I think. It's what my listeners think. You know, you're not having a conversation with Rob McConnell. You're having a conversation with the Exxon Nation. So we have to open the scope so that they, too, will understand your message. Absolutely. Well, that's one of the reasons why I uh, take mm-hmm. the Sif- book through this journey, which for me, you know, I was raised here in the Deep South in America. My dad was Baptist. My mom was Methodist. And then we became Episcopalians. Right. And um, so, you know, I was raised very much in, in those traditional uh, Christian religions mm-hmm. and I had no idea that there had been this earlier period of time, and um, I discovered that there were there was an archaeologist named Maria Gumbadis who, in the 1950s, uh, actually, and she was you know highly um, uh, educated. She was a teacher, I think, at Cornell and at Yale, and she wound up spending 15 years in the Mediterranean doing this archaeological research. And, and her research became very fundamental as she published, you know, book after book for the academic community, really showing this earlier uh, culture where the divine feminine was honored and there were no wars, and men and women ruled together in a partnership model. And, of course, I had always just assumed, like many people, that, you know, humans are just, you know, uh, there's going to always be war, mm-hmm. that war is a way of life and that, you know, people are going to squabble and go kill each other and so forth. So this was a, a big surprise to me to discover that that whole societies, uh, you know, whole continents could actually live without war in a peaceful uh, All right, we've got to take our news break. Please stand by. Exonation Patricia McCannon is our special guest, and her uh, website is www.trishamccannonspeaks.com, and we'll be back after this news break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada.
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Exonation, I guess, uh, sitting 12 hours on a trip from East Coast Canada to uh, Hamilton in the air-conditioned aircraft. Getting in and out of aircrafts uh, certainly plays havoc on the human body, so I apologize for the raspiness in my voice tonight. But uh, Patricia, Patricia McCannon is our special guest, and we're talking about her book, Return of the Divine Sophia. And you know what? You and I were... Sh- shortly discussing during the break that there were many of uh, kings, queens that have ruled at the same time as well as there being some very strong and influential ladies who have held the reins of power who have uh, done much to change. You know, uh, even if you go back to the time of the early pharaohs with with Akhenaten and Nefertiti, and and the list goes on. So let me ask you this: there is there's a lot of controversy as to who Mary Magdalene is or was. In your opinion, based on your research, who was Mary, Mag- Mary Magdalene? Well, I think like a lot of people, I had sort of just bought the original party line mm-hmm. that you know she was a fallen woman that Jesus uh, healed and so forth. But um, clearly, as I began to do this uh, very deep research uh, in this book, what I discovered was a completely different story. Um, I found out that in 591 A.D. that Pope Gregory I, in his 33 homily, basically created this fiction of her being a prostitute. Uh, He actually said something like, you know, my brothers, where did she get that expensive spikenard or ointment that she used to anoint Jesus' feet and head? Clearly she must have used it to perfume herself in forbidden acts of the flesh. And so there was, of course, no evidence for that whatsoever was run with. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, of course, in 1979, the Catholic Church actually retracted that and said, oops, you know, sorry, you know, she really wasn't Mm -hmm. a prostitute. And that's good that they did that. But, you know, 1,500 years later, it was, you know, a little bad, especially since, you know, during like the time of Pope Innocent III, they set up brothels, which the the clergy went over and had sex whenever they wanted and took the money from the women, and they called them Magdalens, Mm -hmm. which, of course, was just totally off. They basically just put these poor women in prostitution for, in the name of the church. So, um, you know, Mary Magdalene, what I discovered in my research was that basically the Gnostics, the early Christians that had been closest to Jesus, believed that Mary Magdalene was the, an incarnation of the divine Sophia. Uh, the, and Sophia was the name that both the ancient Greeks and the Hebrews called the Divine Mother, and they also believed there was an aspect of the Divine Mother that came to earth as the Divine Daughter, and they believed that she was that incarnation. They believed that she continually would reincarnate 
from that time over the last 2,000 years in the hopes of, um, you know, helping to uplift humanity. Is, so, is, there know, is, there, is there any proof to substantiate these claims? I can only tell you that uh, there were about 250 sayings of Mary Magdalene that were recorded by the early Gnostics, and they're profound. They're very, very beautiful. Of course, they're profoundly honoring sure. to, to Issa or to Jesus, but uh, they're really wise sayings. Well, well how, um, how come they, these, these sayings that are, you know, that are attributed or, or for Jesus were not mentioned in the Bible by any of the, uh, the disciples? Well, I, I think that what you have in the creation of the Bible, mm-hmm. you know, there's only Gospels, uh, um, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and, and John. And mm-hmm. actually the Synoptic are the first three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that they believe was taken from a similar source, which mm-hmm. they call Q. This right. is what biblical researchers and scholars have figured out. And, and the Gospel of John was separate. It didn't come from the same source. But most of the rest of the books in the Bible were written by Paul. Mm-hmm. And as you remember, Paul was a Hebrew tax collector called Saul. Right, and we're talking about the New Testament, not the Old Testament. And, you know, then he had this whole revelation. Mm-hmm. Yes, the New Testament, exactly. So when we talk about Jesus and Mary Magdalene, that's New Testament, yes. not Old Testament. Right, so... So um, most of the books, and I think there are 27 books in the New Testament, and I think 13 of them were written by um, Paul. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Paul had, you know, a good, you know, he, I'm sure he, he loved Jesus and he had a profound experience. Mm-hmm. However, he didn't actually really know Jesus. And like Luke, for example, didn't know Jesus either. He was actually a student of Paul's. And all this was, you know, new to me because I had never you know, delve that deeply into it until I wrote the book on the lost years of Jesus and uh, his 30 missing years. Now, ex- excuse me, excuse me. Uh, the, the last uh, 30 years of Jesus and the book you wrote was was based on research that you did with the Gnostic uh, side of it? Oh, across the board, not mm-hmm. just the Gnostic okay. side. Um, uh, that book took me about three years uh, to write. Okay. And uh, I had access, I wound up having access to some of the hidden books that are in the Vatican. Mm-hmm. I wound up having books that were brought to me that Joseph of Arimathea had brought to England in 37 A.D. when they formed the first Christian community, and um, those books had been protected by the priest in Glastonbury, the Glastonbury Abbey, um, and eventually, of course, that abbey uh, was uh, taken down by Henry VIII when the Church of England started, and so those that book was divided into four sections, many thousands of pages. And one of those books, they were is entrusted to ecclesiastical families to protect it. And one of the the books had come up and was was published about two years before. Um, I think it was called the Colburn Bible, and before I wound up writing the book on Jesus. So during the three years of research for that book, I actually had someone show up at my door with that book. I had, you know, all sorts of miraculous things happen during the course of writing that book. And I don't know if you remember, because I know we did a show on this some years ago when it first came out, but, you know, I didn't set out to write a book on Jesus. Believe me, I was writing another book altogether, and I had this profound experience where Jesus actually appeared in my study, 
and asked me to write a book about his lost years and secret teachings. Why you? He said, he, he said there's been enough war and bloodshed mm-hmm. in my name. So why, and, why do you think Jesus would choose you? Well, that's exactly what I said. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I, I mean, I'm a Christian, but I'm not a Bible-thumping yeah. Christian or anything. And I said, you know, why are you picking me? I mean, I'm all about the mm-hmm. great spiritual mysteries. And he said, exactly. And, you know, what I was to discover through, you know, and I, and he said, don't worry, I'll open every door. You know, it won't take but a moment. Well, of course, it took three years, and I had to remortgage my house twice to pay my bills. But, you know, when a being like that asks you to do something, it's, and you agree, yeah. it's a profound soul contract. It's a, it's a real labor of love. How and, do you know you were talking to Jesus? Well, you know, like a lot of people, I have, you know, uh, gone to church and mm-hmm. knelt and prayed and asked for Jesus to show up, and mm-hmm. I hadn't seen Jesus. You know, it's like I, I believed in him, but I didn't, hadn't seen him. And about three years prior to this happening, I had been speaking at a, a, a Whole Life Expo or Big Conscious Expo in San Francisco, and I, had, I stayed over to do readings. You know, I'm a clairvoyant. I've done over 6,000 readings for people all around the world. Uh, I see angels. I've seen them since I was a little girl and so forth. And so I stayed over to do readings, and these three older women came for readings, and they took me to lunch. And in the middle of lunch, to my complete and utter, you know, uh, uh, shock, the door opened, and I actually saw Jesus in his light body come into this little bistro restaurant and sit down at the table, and I was just like, my mouth was hanging open, and I was flabbergasted, and I wound up going to the little bathroom, and he was waiting in the bathroom about hovering a foot off the floor. He never said anything. He just, I mean, I got down on my knees, and I, I, I started praying, and I said, listen, I don't know what you're doing here, but, like, if you need help with something, I'm happy to help. Uh, and, by the way, if you could help with my family situation, we had some challenges going on in my immediate family. That would be great, but, hey, you know, if you can't, no problem. I'm still happy to help. And he just radiated this powerful, powerful heart energy that just opened my heart at such a huge level. And then after about five minutes, he moved off. But, but I like, had no I, idea what that was about, and I like, went out. I'd like you to I tell said, me. I'd like you to tell me how you identified him as Jesus Christ. Well, you know, all I can tell you is his... Did he say, I am Jesus Christ? Well, he looked like Jesus. How do you know what Jesus looks like? What did he look like? He had hair down to his shoulders, Mm -hmm. wavy, brownish, blondish, with like a little red tinge. Mm -hmm. His eyes were like this gray-blue. He wasn't, you know, his nose was a a little strong. Mm -hmm. Um, He appeared to be about six feet, maybe six one, but I'd say about six feet. Um, you know, um, broad shoulders. Did, lean, did he look not, like somebody from the Middle East to you? Um, a little with his features, but you but said not he had his eye his, coloring. And, and his, the, his hair coloring doesn't match that of a person of the Middle East either. Well, okay. So this is why I'm asking you, how do you know you were actually communicating well, with Jesus Christ? Well, let me tell you, in okay. Galilee, there mm-hmm. were a great deal of Gentiles that had come down from the Celtic lands. Okay. And I, I did not know this prior to my research, mm-hmm. but this was one of the things that the Maccabees, you know, the family that took over around 150 B.C. down in Judea, they wound up going up and trying to, it was like, either become Jews or we'll kill you. Mm-hmm. But the, there was a, a huge bloodline of blonde, red-headed 
uh, fair-eyed people that were living in Galilee at that time. And, of course, I knew none of this because, mm-hmm. you know, this is the kind of thing you only learn sure. when you do very serious research. So, um, you know, I'm sure that he had some of that bloodline, and it was probably a combination of, of, the, two, of the two lines. So, um, but how do you know? I mean, I guess I'd say, how do you know if your wife were to appear to you in the spirit form? You would know because she would convey it. And, you know, you would recognize her at some level. Well, sure. Um, I know and, what my wife is, plus I know she's not dead, so I know damn well that it's not her. Of course, of course, of course. but what I'm saying, or maybe a grandfather, maybe he's passed over to the other side mm-hmm. and he appears. And in Jesus' case, he, I think he's such an extraordinary being that the emanation of his field is so profound that it is profoundly changing and uh, changing for the person who receives it. And so when I went back out to speak to these ladies, I shared what had happened. And one of the women uh, smiled and she said, I've worked with, she was a painter. She said, I've worked with Jesus for years and I feel him come into my workshop all the time. So my theory is I kind of got on his radar because of her. I see. And so three years passed, and then I had this whole experience where I was in my office laying down. I had written, I was about a year and a half into writing a new book, and I had a little three chapters on Jesus that had become 200 pages inside of this much bigger book, and the book was just way too big, and I thought, I don't know how I'm going to solve this problem, and I finally thought, I'm just going to take this section on Jesus out, and that will solve my space problem. And so just about the time I decided that, I was laying on the floor of my office with my hand over my eyes, and I became aware of this bright light shining down on me, and I moved my hand and sat up, and he was standing in his light body. He was all golden, um, total golden energy, Mm -hmm. probably about, oh, 12 feet away. Um, And I, I, I just, I could barely even speak or breathe, for that matter, because it was such a profound experience. All right, we've got to take our final break. Please stand by, Exonation. Um... Trisha McCannon is our special guest. Her website is, all right, do you have your pencils and paper ready? Here we go. TrishaMcCannonSpeaks.com. And uh, we'll be back on the other side of this commercial as we wrap up this segment here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 
401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. So when we last left you, you were laying on the, you were basically laying in your in your room, I believe, on the floor, and lo and behold, the Lord appeared in front of you. What did He say, or what did He pass on to you? Well, you know, I was, it was that week after Christmas, which is like a powerful week for me because everything's my birthday's the mm-hmm. day after Christmas. So it was it's quiet. You know, Christmas is over. All the hullabaloo. It's kind of dark. The sun goes down early. And so, you know, it's a perfect time for going in the cave time, especially if you're a writer or a meditator or whatever, and I'm both. And so I was laying there, and, and, and he, when he spoke, he did not speak out loud. He spoke in my head, like mm-hmm. te- telepathy. Right. And he said without any preamble, you know, it wasn't like, hello, how are you? There was none of that. He, he, he said, I want you to write a book about my lost years and secret teachings there has been enough war and bloodshed in my name. And I, I, I tell you, Rob, it was like an arrow pierced my heart. It was so, it was such a profound experience. And when I could even, you know, catch my breath, you know how we have like these little mundane, you know, human brains. And I had already spent a year and a half on this book, and I was kind of like close to being out of money. And I was like, well, can I finish this other book first because I'm running out of money? And he smiled, and he waved his hand. And he... Hello? Hello? And there you have it. I have no idea what happened to Trisha. We have been trying to contact her back. We are unable to reach her. Now, one thing that we have asked our guests in the past, please do not use a cell phone. Um, Cell phones are very unreliable. They are not the answer to everything. Just because you can afford one doesn't mean they're going to work worth the poop. I find them a waste of time, and a waste of money. In fact, our producers are under strict instructions, as well as all our show hosts. Do not, do not use people on your shows or do not give interviews for people who cannot use Skype or who use cell phones. It's that plain, it's that simple. Now, because Trisha has such a unique connection with Jesus Christ, Maybe, just maybe, he decided that the questions were getting a little bit too tough. And divine intervention played into this entire... Well, let me see what word can I use. Uh, fairy tale. And bang. You know, if you can't be talked to, you can't answer questions. And if you can't answer questions, you can't incriminate yourself and if you can't incriminate yourself you can keep on spilling the uh, you know spewing the same old story and hook more people into whatever con you're into the fact that she never answered my question when it came to identifying this 
spirit as Jesus. Uh, one of the things would have been, well, can I see your, can I see the palms of your hands? Or can I see your feet? Or who are you? Now, if it was Jesus, wouldn't he want to be identified? And why would Jesus go into the ladies' washroom in a bistro in San Francisco? Why would Jesus, who was born in the Middle East, have bluish-gray eyes? Nothing makes sense. And you know, Exonation, if it doesn't make sense, it's not true. So many people want so hard to believe that they will just believe anyone who can spew a good tale. I didn't ask her if she was a clairvoyant. I didn't ask her how many people she had read for. Personally, I don't care. I really don't. When you can't answer questions that I ask, when you can't make sense of a conversation like I could not with hers, except, hey, I've got a great story. I want to sell it and I want to make money. And do you know why? This book has been endorsed by Jesus Christ himself. What a bunch of crap. Listen, Exonation, you've known me for 26 years. If I feel that somebody is pulling the wool over your eyes, I get very def uh, defensive. I am tired of people coming on my show. I don't care what the other late night talk shows do. I don't care what the people who do these little podcasts do. I do care what my audience hears. And when I hear crap like I heard this hour, I can assure you something. That lady will never be back on this show again. I am not going to promote her book. I'm not going to promote her website. She does a great enough job of that on her own. Let's see, what does her bio say, the rest of it here? May as well read it to you, Exonish, because I've got a few minutes to kill. For the past two decades, she has been a headliner hmm. at conferences around the world, speaking on a variety of subjects as diverse as angels, extraterrestrials. Well, there's a, there's a real steadfast claim to one's reputation. Atlantis, the divine feminine, the lost years of Jesus, the new earth, and the quest for the philosopher's stone. And she also mentioned that she had been over on 200 radio shows, including um, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Oh, let's, all right, let's just go on a little bit more. By the way, the shows that she mentioned, uh, in my opinion, give her no credibility whatsoever. She is the founder of the Phoenix Fire Lodge Mystery School in Atlanta, a reverend in the International Assembly of Spiritual Healers. Yeah, that's a bunch of crap. A bishop in the Madonna Ministries. Oh, wowee, there's another internet uh, sensation. Uh, uh, as a clairvoyant, she has given soul readings for over 6,000 suckers, I mean people, around the world, tracing their individual journeys from their origin into their present life. Yeah, and one is born every minute. Uh, she does voice dialogue, hypnotherapy, timeline therapy, soul retrieval, holographic repattering. My good Lord, and she walks on water. With all of her workshops and healing work, she is committed to the awakening of the planet and a vision for world unity. 
Hallelujah, I've been saved. What a bunch of bunk. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell, and we made a decision a few minutes ago, Craig and I, that we will not be airing this, but it will be available to you on our replays as well as on, um, yeah, we'll even throw it up on iTunes. I'll be back. Don't go away. <laughs> 